Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Recorded live from the lobby of the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C., Everybody, welcome to the wedding dish. We are coming at you live over full service radio. Unfortunately, not at the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, DC, but we are super excited to get back there soon. Um, as soon as this social distancing thing is is over and done with, um, we're really excited to actually see each other in person too. <laughs> The Wedding Dish is the essential wedding podcast where you'll hear tips and tricks about planning, gain inspiration, and hear real-life experiences, and learn a little bit about building a business in the D.C. area. That's Sarah Alipin, co-host of The Wedding Dish and CEO of District Bliss and Photos from the Hardy. And that's Steph Norton, entrepreneur and producer of The Wedding Dish. Today and, we do have our, yeah. our little French bulldog bud, uh, Clouseau, is is taking a nap, um, facing the other direction for some reason, all splayed out like he's king of this bed, the human bed. <laughs> and he misses his aunt stuff oh so much. Aw, well, we're glad he's here in in spirit, even though he's asleep. Yeah. <laughs> aggressively napping per usual we we all have to what do you call it improvise these days yeah <laughs> we're, we're doing our best <laughs> that we are on the wedding dish we chat with real married or engaged couples or wedding professionals in the dc area and sometimes we read listener stories or answer questions on our mini episodes today we are chatting with Carrie Williams, the CEO of Lucky Penny Floral, um, and they serve the DC Metro, Annapolis, and Baltimore areas. Thanks so much for being here, Carrie. Thank you guys for having me. Honestly, it feels so nice to connect with people in the industry. Um, <laughs> it's been been a couple of long weeks of um, damage control and dealing with postponed and et cetera events. Um, so it's really nice to be on here and just have a nice casual conversation about about the industry. Yeah, it's kind of a sense of normalcy for me. It makes mm-hmm. me really happy on podcasting days. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were just chatting like this is such a weird time. We were chatting before we got going today um, that it's such a strange time. And so, yeah, so how, first of all, how are you doing during this time? And then how is the the COVID virus affecting your business? Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. I think that there's the COVID virus, um, effect on the industry as a whole. And obviously in Maryland, we're, um, you know, our biggest challenge is the gathering restrictions in place. Um, and then there's like the COVID impact on my business in particular, um, or rather like the quarantine lifestyle impact on my business in particular, um, which is slightly different because, um, you know, my business is an, I offer online wedding and event florals. So I'm unique in that way. I'm not a full service florist. Everything um, that I offer is through the website and I don't offer in-person consultation. Um, So, 
not much has changed for me in terms of the way that I work with my clients. All the tools that I have for my clients are still available to them. And I've always been really proud that everything that I offer is available to them from the convenience of their own home. Um, So Lucky Penny in some way is sort of set up for the quarantine lifestyle. Um, So I haven't really had to pivot um, during this time and really come up with new ways to like reach my clients. Um, So I think I'm a little unique in that way, I guess, within the industry. Are people, are your customers like, are they postponing their events or? Yeah. So we had 13 weddings on the books for the spring and they are all postponed. Save one at this point. Yeah. Um, Again, like the process by which I, the transaction happens with me and my clients um, is different than a traditional full service florist where you might take a deposit earlier in the year and then you'll take a final payment, you know, a couple weeks out from the event, et cetera. Um, you're in sort of constant communication with people, you're touring their venue, you're um, sort of rolling out the red carpet of planning and handholding really. Um, I don't, I eliminate those services because I appeal to a client that either you know, can't meet a full service minimum from a area florist or doesn't really want to sort of has a bit of like DIY gumption or maybe some extra help day of and they um, don't necessarily need or want to um, plan in that way face to face, um, or don't need me to tour their event venue. So, you know, I'm not really, my schedule hasn't really changed a whole lot, because I'm not canceling venue tours and I'm not, you know, rebooking, um, in-person meetings, et cetera. Um, but yes, my clients have for the most part postponed and it's a smattering of sort of what's available from the venue. So there's like a host of them that went to midsummer, and then, um, a whole host that are sort of doing odd dates in the fall based on what the, the venue has available. Um, and one really cool thing that some venues in our area are doing in particular, um, Haven street, ballroom and main street ballroom um they i believe closed their dates to new clients until all of their other clients were able to reschedule just to you know keep them as a priority um i didn't i haven't had any issues you know any conflicts in terms of rescheduling so i just said to all my clients like i'm flexible i'm here for you like i don't need to be part of this headache i can only imagine you know what you're going through right now um so i've been able to be flexible because i and also Um, Another example of like how my services are scaled back is that I am a um, delivery or pickup service. And if we deliver, it's drop off only. So we don't have staff on hand, you know, waiting around to the end of the night to sort of break down the event. We don't have rentals that come back to us. Um, It's kind of a one and done. So it really hasn't been that disruptive to my business um, or to the type of clients that I attract. Mm-hmm. Most of them are pretty like go with the flow, which is great. That's yeah. Good. Yeah. That's that sounds really good. really good. And it does seem like, like I love on your website, how you can pick like a color grouping. Like it's very like self-service. Like I could just go on and if I had my color theme for my wedding, I could just be like, Oh, I can pick this. And then it yeah. pretty much is taken care of there. Yeah, it's definitely, um, I think for folks that want the look of trendy flowers, and they want some control in terms of customization, but they don't, 
um, necessarily need to, you know, spend months and months like emailing back and forth about different shades of pink and magenta and, you know, what specific things are going to be available. It's sort of like we've got these four colorways. They're versatile enough to fit really with any kind of vibe or color scheme that you already have going. And, um, you know, give us the freedom to choose the best of what's available, you know, in, in season and local. Um, and let's not get too bogged. Let's not miss the forest for the trees. Right. Um, so in that way, I think I just generally attract, um, clients that are a little more laid back. Um, so it's been, it's been, it's been fine. I mean, I think it'll be really interesting to see what happens to the industry as a whole. And if, events truly aren't going to take off until there's like a vaccine available and large groups can really gather and vendors feel safe and, you know, guests feel comfortable and can travel, et cetera. So, you know, there might, there may be, as we get closer to some of these postponed events, um, an evolution, you know, of their particular vision. Um, but again, like, I feel like I really work with clients that, um, are, want an overall look and they're happy to let the professional handle like the details and sort of get out of their own way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that I feel really confident in being able to, you know, supply that no matter what happens with these events. And again, I mean, you also have to consider the supply chain. Um, you know, some of the larger distributors that I work with out of, you know, that have warehouses in California and New Jersey and are bringing in product from all over the world, roses from Ecuador and stuff from Holland and Japan. Um, you know, the supply chain is really disrupted now. And so, um, one of the things that I've always endeavored to do is, you know, on the whole to engage and utilize about 60%, um, local, you know, within say a hundred miles, Maryland, Virginia, um, fill it, you know, Pennsylvania farms, um, you know, use local product. So I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of that, um, which is a good thing. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, that may mean that some clients will have to relinquish um, a little bit of their vision because, you know, sweet peas aren't going to be coming from Japan and we're not getting, you know, these crazy long stem roses from Ecuador or South America. Um, but again, I feel like I've sort of built that into some of the boundaries that I set, um, with my services to begin with. So, yeah, I was going to ask you, how did you, um, come up with like this concept of just kind of being online and not doing like full service? Yeah. Um, I think it was twofold. I, um, I was actually in the beverage industry selling wine for about 10 years. And when I sort of burned out on working retail and also working with my husband, <laughs> my now husband, um, I exited that industry and moved over to, um, a local, uh, wedding and event florist who also had a retail space who was, uh, Crimson and Clover in Roland Park. And they do fabulous designs. And Amy, Uh, McManus is the owner and she and I had a mutual friend. So I went over not as a designer um, and really having no experience in florals um, to sort of help with like business management. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, she, like many of the full service um, florists in the area, you have somewhere around like a $3,500, say, you know, minimum in order to, to work with, um, you've got to have, you know, pay that in order to, to work with them. And I noticed when I was there that 
so many folks were calling and just saying, look, I have like a thousand dollars to spend or 800 bucks to spend on flowers. Like I can't, no one will talk to me, you know, no one will work with me and provide the services. So it's taken a little bit, you know, so I saw a need there, um, and, um, sort of a void in the market. And I, um, originally partnered with a designer that I, um, ended up working with at Crimson and Clover, um, you know, in this endeavor. And, um, it was easy to sort of get started filling that need. And, and I, I had felt, um, you know, sort of bad about when I was working for a full service florist, not being able to recommend these clients to go anywhere. There just wasn't anything in the market like that. And so, you know, it required a little bit of education, um, sort of educating clients on understanding that, you know, you, you, you're, you're paying for these services when it comes to a full service florist experience. Um, you, you know, you're sort of paying into that as a whole. What I'm offering is scaled back. You're not going to have that full gamut of services. You're not going to have that hand holding. You're not going to have that consultation and, um, you know, that in person sort of recommendations and brainstorming, but you also don't have to pay for it. And so if you just want your dollars to go toward like materials and labor, then this is what you can have in terms of the services. Um, so I think it's it's filled that need for folks that um, don't meet the minimum or don't want to necessarily. Also for folks that are like planning from far away, you know, they're out in California, but they're having their wedding back in Baltimore where they're from or whatever. Um, it's really easy for them to hop on the web and just like, mm-hmm. you know, pick it out. And I really feel like, you know, I try to empower my clients. I mean, obviously I'm available to them over email communication and, you know, there's no limit to what they get there. But, um, you know, I, I try to empower them to, to understand that like they have the tools to, um, determine what their needs are. I mean, if you know how many tables you've got, you know, how many centerpieces you need, you know, you don't need to necessarily pay someone else to do that work for you. Um, And also, you know, I've been able to team up with um, a number of wedding planners in the area. Um, And it's great because, you know, they get a client and the clients have different needs. They have different budgets. They have different styles and they certainly have different priorities. Maybe they're working with someone who, you know, wants the takeaway from the wedding to be like the amazing food or like the awesome band or whatever it is. But they still want the look of custom flowers, you know, they couldn't bear the thought of like grocery store flowers, and they certainly aren't going to DIY it, you know, the day of their wedding or whatever. Um, You know, those wedding planners know that they can direct their clients right to me, they can even place orders on behalf of their clients um, on the website, I have a lot of, um, you know, wedding planners that do that as well. So it seems that there was a need in the market. And up until a couple weeks ago, it was going really well. Um, yeah, so, yeah I, I sort of feel that in your pre questionnaire that you you had this you uh, mentioned a statistic which was very interesting, which was that seventy four percent of couples go into debt. Um, oh my god! Uh, in their wedding, yeah, and I and that seems really high, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just thought that was so interesting that you mentioned that because it's kind of like people don't want to talk about money with weddings and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I felt, you know, planning a wedding is sort of one of those things where like once the ball gets rolling, it's, 
you can't stop it, you know, and the bills keep coming and the upgrades keep, you know, are more enticing and more, you know, you want to include more people. And it's just, it's really hard to stay small, even if that's your intention from the beginning. Um, you know, I felt that way with my wedding and, um, you know, I just didn't need the the Rolls Royce of services when it came to a lot of things. I, like I said, I was like super, the band was like the number one thing to me, you know? And, um, and again, like the beverage and, you know, the wine and the cocktails. And that was like really important to me as well. All I cared about really was like the band champagne and oysters. And, um, but of course I really wanted to bring sort of a beautiful living element to the day as well. And, um, I just felt like there was an easier way to go about it. I didn't really have time to take off from work in the middle of the week and meet with all of these people. You know, I just, it just, the planning seemed overwhelming to me. It was like a part-time job that I hadn't really wanted to sign up for. And, um, you know, it just sort of felt like it snowballed and I became maybe not, or I didn't make the best use of that time being engaged necessarily. Um, because so much of it was like focused on planning. And I do feel really, really strongly about my clients, like starting off their marriages financially healthy and also sort of like socially responsibly. Um, I feel like the millennial bride, which is essentially my client does, you know, want their wedding vendor to, um, you know, help them embrace like more sustainable practices for wedding planning. I feel like that's just sort of a given, you know, at this point going forward. And, um, you know, that's important to me. I want to be a part of that. I want to sort of, um, issue, you know, a lot of the frivolous part of this like planning experience. And, um, you know, it's important to me that they get, get off on the right foot. Cause like, it's really like the wedding is one day. I mean, it, don't get me wrong. It's like the best day ever, but you got to start your marriage after that, you know? So yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I want to align like what my priorities are with my clients. And I feel like I, this has been a really good way to do that. It's just like, we trim the fat here. It all goes straight to like getting you excellent product and making you happy and sort of like achieving your vision. And we just cut the fuss out. So I love that. I love that. Yeah. And it's it's like when I was reading the like your description of your wedding, it sounds like a song. <laughs> it sounds like like I don't I can't even say a band that would do it justice, but it just yeah. sounds like amazing. And w- when we come back from break, Sarah will uh, talk to you a little bit about that so people can understand like it really it gives like um such a sense of your vibe and like yeah. what the result is. And I think people really like to learn about that because it's, it's, it sounds like a dream. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So should we take a break and then we'll come back and hear about your wedding? Sure. Okay. Sounds great. We'll be right back. Can you all hear the dog snoring? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> he sounds like an opportunist, so I like this guy. <laughs> he has his own Instagram if you want to follow him. I think I did. I think I saw that. <laughs> I forgot that we connected over that statistic. Hmm, um, yeah. When yeah. Uh, even hearing it again, like you heard my reaction. I was yeah. like, 
This is well, just what it is. And what's crazy is like, you know, the statistics also about like what, how many people go into debt or like the amount that people go into debt in spending for their friends' weddings. Because there is a lot of like peer pressure to like, you know, do the wedding circuit and to show up for these things and the gifts and the travel and the hotel. And like, it's just insane. And I, it feels like you don't want to, you know, who wants to miss out on celebrating their friends, but it is a real financial burden. And a lot of people take out credit cards and, you know, just, it's hard to manage that spending and it's such an important time in everyone's life. And, um, you know, you don't want to miss it, but like, it can be really irresponsible, you know, it, or people can approach it in a really irresponsible way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah. I forgot the other part of like why I started my business was because I um, like started a family and I am a hot mess and didn't want anyone to like see me in a studio anywhere, like with my like two kids, my two dogs and like my sweatpants and like blah, blah, blah. So that's like behind the scenes you should um tell jack to just not count this as a break (laughs) yeah we can we can just keep going we just faked everybody out said we were gonna take a break didn't take a break yeah and now i don't know why i take a break anyways i don't know why i do that but it's just what we do so (laughs) yeah it's just built into our script so it's just habit now (laughs) I should have made like a quarantini on the break. Come back. Oh, that's my what I'm really sad about is because when I was talking to you before we did this interview, I remember you telling me that you used to be in beverages, and I was like, yeah. "Oh yeah, we drink wine, and it's yeah. gonna be so fun." And it's such a bummer. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I had such a ridiculous job, and it was so fun. I traveled all over the world, and you know, met winemakers and drank wine, and. But um, I kind of burned out and that's like, I was like, I'm going to start a family and I'm so burned out from like retail and wine customers are really a special breed, Um, you know, almost like brides. And I was like, how can I serve these people without actually ever having to meet them? (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) I don't know if I would have enjoyed meeting me when I was a bride, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I... I hope I was nice to everyone. Yeah, well, you can only hope. (laughs) Right? It's been long enough now that I'm not positive I remember all of it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely selective memory, but. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so we'll officially come back from our break now, our fake break. Okay. Welcome back, everyone, to The Wedding Dish. We just took a little fake break um, where we basically continued having the podcast while saying that we were going to take take a little break there. So um, <laughs> we just like to keep it interesting. I needed to make sure you couldn't hear the dog snoring because Cluzo <laughs> decided to – I'll post a photo afterward uh, or the video that I took while um, Carrie – of Lucky Penny Floral, our guest today was speaking. Um, and the dog was like snoring into my microphone, like just right into it. Um, he nuzzled under my arm and was like cuddling with me, but then he got tired of me petting him. So he moved slightly. Um, 
yeah, my little French bulldog bud has a lot of personality. <laughs> um, so Carrie, thank you again for being here. And we're super excited to continue talking with you. And I want to dish with you about your wedding. Yeah, so, it was kind of uh, crazy. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your wedding. Um, well, the wedding itself was like really lovely. I was um, married in uh, Virginia at like a private family home. And um, the reason that I picked that venue was because like the one thing I did not want to deal with was a curfew. Um, I've worked so many weddings at the end of the night where the staff and the vendors are all just like rushing around and clearing everything. And like, I don't know, they just you can just tell they want to get out of there. And I was like, no, we're staying up till the sun comes up and, you know, all that. So um, that was pretty easy to make the decision about the location and the venue. Uh, and it's obviously um, a really, you know, sentimental location for me and my family. Um, and um, at that time during wedding planning, I was actually working at Crimson and Clover. Um, so, you know, and then I had a history of uh, events and beverage and all that kind of thing. So um, planning, I took on a lot of it myself. Um, and it really wasn't super stressful because this tiny town in Virginia had a really limited, um, had really limited options in terms of like rentals. And, you know, there was like two chairs to pick from, two types of like wines, you know, glasses to pick from. So I actually really felt relieved by that, I, you know, it was sort of already curated for me. And I didn't really feel like every single detail had to be like a direct reflection of my personality. <laughs> um, it was just sort of like, yeah, we're getting married in this tiny town in Virginia. And this is what they have. And that's what we'll choose. Um, so, you know, the aesthetics of it, really, the focus was just being outside. And it was like this gorgeous tent and right on the water and all that kind of thing. Um, but you know, I am I'm a Libra. And sometimes decision making can be really difficult for me. I tend to overthink stuff. Um, and so I didn't really enjoy such a, an extended period of having to make all these decisions that just felt like, you know, I don't know, really big and epic um, when in hindsight, certainly they weren't. Um, so we also had a lot of like friends jump in and help with certain stuff. We had a friend that made the cake, you know, our friends, um, you know, a, an eclectic mix of the guys that are in the Baltimore band, the bridge, um, did the music. And that was like, we were so pumped about that. Um, and you know, we had, you know, it was just a lot of like, I felt like we were really surrounded by family and friends and all of the planning. Um, and like totally unforeseen the week before, um, we were to head down to Virginia for the wedding, I developed a kidney stone and I had never had one before and I've never had one since. Um, and so it's funny now I have a lot of brides that are, you know, just feeling so like this is such a heavy time to be planning for a wedding and having to really lean into these like tough decisions about postponing and like what's going to happen and like can, you know, whatever. I felt that um, in the week preceding my wedding because I was in and out of the hospital like four times um, that week. And I was like, so, um, you know, I, I had the option of having surgery and I chose not to. And so they just pumped me full of morphine. Um, because it truly was like so painful. And I feel like I can say this because I've had two natural childbirths that were less painful than this kidney stone. Um, really? Oh, 
100%. And so it was like a total 16 candles situation, you know, where the older sister like gets married on the painkillers. And I was just like, I'm going to go to my wedding and be like, you know, just like so out of it. Or, you know, I'm going to go to my wedding and be in like a ton of pain or my wedding is going to go forward like without me there. And so I really had, you know, I had like some real concerns about like, uh, is it just going to go forward without me? Like, am I going to make it to my wedding? Um, and I mean, it's funny in hindsight, but it was like really, I mean, I had some of my girlfriends came over the week of to check in on me. I don't remember it at all. My sister took me to get my final like alterations for my dress. And I was just like completely glazed over. I went to get the like fake eyelashes. She said she wished my sister had recorded the conversation because it was so absurd. Like all these vendors that I, and all these like things that I was like supposed to check off, you know, the last week before these tiny details either were just so botched or like just didn't get done at all. I mean, it was a mess and, um, I made it to the wedding I don't know if I was just like on adrenaline or what, but I was like able to get through it. I had a great time. You know, it was, it was like such an epic weekend. I did end up having surgery post wedding. Um, but you know, just one of those little, not little, it felt really big at the time, just like, but, but you know, one of these things that's just completely out of your control. Um, and I feel like I really can relate to some of the brides that are like dealing with coronavirus right now and like how it's affecting their events. Um, it's terrifying when you don't know and you've been working so hard for so long to plan every little detail and make sure everyone is like, you know, just has the best time ever. And, um, so, you know, I had a positive outcome. Um, and it's a funny story looking back, but it was a doozy of a week for sure. Oh boy. Yeah. But, you know, through that, I really, I really like grasped that, um, planning for this event cannot absorb all of your resources and your energy and your time because stuff happens and wrenches get thrown into plans. Like that's what they do, you know? And, um, it just made me want to work with people in a way that was like, let's put this in perspective and let's Mm -hmm. get you what you want. And, you know, let's, you know, I have amazing reviews and wonderful feedback and, you know, we're not going to sacrifice quality, but like, let's, let's just reel it in a little bit in terms of like, you know, we're not the center of the universe right now. There's other stuff happening around us. And yes, the wedding should be epic and the best day. But really, that comes from being surrounded by your friends and family and the little details sort of fade away. And um, I think it's an important perspective to keep during the planning process, because you, if you can get out in front of that, you don't have you don't have the buyer's remorse, you know, you don't have the like, Oh, gee, I really overperformed on that, like, ice sculpture of the Eiffel Tower, you know, like, <laughs> for $7,000, you know, or I could be using that as a down payment on my house. Like, that's just who I am. And like, I feel like there's so many people out there that really it's refreshing for them to go about the planning process in that way. And they really do emerge, like more responsible, I think. So is yeah. that a real thing, the Eiffel Tower ice sculpture? <laughs> I've been to some pretty lavish events, you know, and I, to each his own, and everybody prioritizes something different. Um, I just, you know, there's a reality to all this, and that is, like, a long and healthy partnership. So trying to keep that, like, in the back of my mind. <laughs> 
Um, did you do your own florals for your wedding? No. So I, um, Amy did them and she was like fantastic. And, um, you know, so I, I don't, I don't want to downplay like the importance of them. She did a wonderful job and I was so appreciative to have her like on my team for all of that. Um, you know, cause I was working at Crimson and Clover during this time. And so another girl that I worked with actually drove all the flowers down to Virginia and she was also my photographer. So I kind of, um, you know, had people sort of like double up on their expertise and, you know, um, multitask, uh, just to get it all done. So yeah, the flowers were gorgeous. I mean, it was an outdoor wedding. So, and it was a really pretty setting. And, um, so I didn't need much in the way of the ceremony. Um, it was kind of like spitting rain during my ceremony and I didn't even, we didn't have a tent or anything like that. It was, I don't know, it was kind of eerie and cool. And we had a, um, you know, like a bagpiper pipe me in and stuff, but really we were like, Riverside. So we didn't need much, but we, we wanted that sort of element of beauty and that element of, um, something living, you know, at the wedding. So we weren't going to scratch flowers. Um, but again, like I said, we were like champagne band. Those were the biggies. That's really cool. So, um, it was your family's home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of family. It's on the, um, Rappahannock river in Virginia. Um, which is about an hour east of Richmond. So I've got a lot of family in the Richmond area. And this is sort of a historically been kind of a, a waterside town with a bunch of, um, you know, sort of little cottages and stuff dotting the rivers and creeks. And so we just have a bunch of family down there. And, and um, you know, my grandparents live there, et cetera. So and it was important for me to to be able to get to them. I knew that they weren't going to be able to like, meet me out in some field at a barn in like Moncton or, you know, wherever else in like surrounding Baltimore area. So I just said, all right, we'll bring it to you. That's sweet. I like that. Yeah. Is there anything you would change about your wedding day? Oh, goodness gracious. Um, (sighs) I don't know. I mean, not, not, not necessarily like like I said, I think the thing that was so overwhelmingly beautiful was like all the people that traveled so far to get to this like small town on the northern neck of Virginia. Um, you know, people came from like California and New York and like, um, you know, they they invested in it. And a best friend married us and he came down from New York for it all. And um, I think like there's just nothing that tops that and everything else is like great and wonderful and makes for beautiful photos and wonderful memories. But like the fo- the random, like, you know, iPhone snaps of like my friends seeing each other that haven't seen each other in two years kind of thing are like my favorite of the night. So, you know, and just the fact that we were able to um, be outside and we stayed on the beach with a bonfire till the sun came up kind of thing. Like that was, that was really what my vision was about. Um, and I, I was able to achieve that. So I feel really good about it. Uh, yeah, obviously, I, I would have opted not to have a kidney stone during the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that other sense. than that, it was, it was pretty darn good. <laughs> what was the most important decision you made about your wedding? Definitely the venue. I mean, everything falls into place once you, you know, you figure out the venue. Yeah, that's true. Did you have a yeah, planner? That's what, made it, that's what made it for me about your wedding was the river setting and it just seemed yeah. magical. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I mean, also, um, my husband and I both having, we're working at the same, in the same, um, organization, like 
we decided that having a wedding out of town meant that we didn't have to like include all of these people that were sort of in like our work family who, you know, we ended up having a a separate sort of deal with um, to celebrate. Uh, So that really helped in terms of like, you know, keeping the numbers down because I have a really big family too. So. Yeah, that's hard. Sarah, I cut you off, but you were asking if she had a planner, I think. Yeah. Oh no, no, I just did it myself. That's brave. I mean, it was like 150 people, I think. And it was like, you know, outdoor wedding at a private home with tented dinner and dancing. So it wasn't anything that I hadn't seen before. Yeah. I mean, being in the industry, it definitely gives you a lot more insight into executing your wedding day. Yeah. Um, Yeah. In many, many ways. (laughs) Yeah. Um, what advice would you offer couples who are planning their wedding day? Um, you know, from the floral perspective, like, uh, get, get out of your Pinterest wedding, like just stop. Um, I love Pinterest. It's a wonderful rabbit hole to go down when you can't sleep in the middle of the night, but like, you know, let's focus on your earthly wedding. Um, and you know, one of the sort of boundaries that I draw with my clients is that I don't allow them to send me, or I don't accept rather, whatever that means. Um, like Pinterest photos of bouquets and wedding flowers. Um, because I know that people come from a good place when they do that and they see things online and they just want to grab it and capture it and be like, this is who I am and this is what I want. And this is how I want my flowers to look. But it can be, um, you know, uninspiring for designers um, to just cop, you know, for someone to bring them a photo to copy of somebody else's design kind of thing. Um, and I think a lot of people aren't aware of like what types of flowers are available throughout the year and see something that's like loaded with peonies in the middle of this, you know, November or something like that. And it's just, um, you know, I would, I would urge people to let go of that a little bit and, um, pay a little more attention to like, you know, what's really realistically available, um, to you. That's great advice. That's really good advice. Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Carrie. Yeah, it's been great. I'm, it's seriously been super fun to dish and just feel like we're not so far apart, even though we are. (laughs) Yeah, it, it definitely, there's something about doing this podcast that makes me feel like I'm not sitting alone in my bedroom. Mm Mm-hmm. Even though I am. <laughs> yeah, I am too. So we're alone together, which is the theme these days. <laughs> we're doing a ton of virtual happy hours and things through oh, yeah. this list. Okay. Um, for like people that are entrepreneurs and stuff. Um, so you should totally join us. I would I'm love gonna. to see you again. Um, and I think we have we have a couple different events coming up. So um yeah, I would love to see you. Oh, and we're doing um, we're doing one that is um, using your phone to create video content. Oh, cool! Uh, yeah, so Banner Day Films is doing it. It should be really cool. I mean, I feel like we're going to need a lot of video content yeah. in the near future. Because yeah, <laughs> we. Can't, I know. I'm so know. excited! I just got a bunch of flowers in today. I don't have any events, but I just wanted to support you know some of my local farmer suppliers, and I'm so excited to play with flowers. And I'm obviously going to be making some videos and stuff. So, yay! Yeah. So, tag us, and we'll share them so that we can um, 
that we can bring some light and color into people's yeah, Totally. Yeah, and everyone <laughs> listening, you can find Carrie online at luckypennyfloral.com or on Instagram at luckypennyfloral. And we've been sharing a bunch of um, photos from her uh, of her designs and things. So um, you can stay up to date with us on there too. And thank you everyone for tuning into The Wedding Dish brought to you over full service radio. Unfortunately, not at the Line Hotel at Adams Morgan today, but soon we will be back there. And we're really glad that um, we were able to adapt and still record this podcast because it feels pretty darn good to connect with people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And be sure to subscribe, rate, and review The Wedding Dish on your preferred podcast listening platform and follow us on Instagram at The Wedding Dish Podcast. And, and yeah, thanks, thanks you guys for being here. Um, it's definitely a strange time and we'll, we have to get through it together. And this was like a little bright spot in my week. So thank you very much. <laughs> Aww. Yes, agreed. Thank you so much. And Carrie of Lucky Penny Floral, thank you for being here. And we will catch you all next week for our last episode of season two, right? Right. And that's going to be with Blue, Blue Ribbon, Ribbon Floral, the yeah. Blue Floral Truck. It's so an cute. awesome story. Yeah, really cute. Yeah, I can't wait for farmers markets to come back again soon. I know. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a good summer, everybody. I'm excited for it. (laughs) All right. See you guys all next week. Have a great day.